Welcome to the Terror Dome. Good morning. It is a beautiful, beautiful day. Some of y'all have it off. Some don't. I hope you enjoyed your 4th of July. And today I'm debuting a three-part mini-series under Let the Madness Begin. And it's called Get Your Ass Out of Bed. And what made me think of this was I was actually... Um, in bed and I was just feeling humdrum and trying to gather my thoughts and within the last past year, year and a half, you know, from our lockdown situation with Corona up until um, certain parts this year, I was feeling kind of mundane. I was like just going through the motions and I was trying to figure out why, what got me to this point. And as I was laying in bed, I realized that for me, it breaks down into levels of my life. And in this portion of this episode, I will be talking about the spiritual aspect of it coming from me and why it's important for me to look at the spiritual side of things, especially when it's dealing with my life. Growing up in life, for the most part, we're all drugged to church. No matter if you was Catholic, Baptist, Southern Baptist, AME, Jehovah Witness, Seventh Day of Vendance, you know, so on, so on, so on. Um, you was probably, for the most part, every Sunday and maybe throughout the week, you you made church was a big staple. Especially if you grew up in the South, the church was a big staple. And at times you didn't understand that you didn't want to be there. I mean, for me, that was me. And I'm using this as a backstory to let you understand why this has been a staple in my life. Even though I never really liked being in church, especially when I was younger and I really didn't want to go to church. I was like, why do we always have to spend time in church? This and third. I understood the importance of having a spiritual connection. And throughout my life, I did and have developed a connection with God. I worship God. Um, and I feel as though that connection throughout the years has been up and down. But I noticed that when it's up, everything's leveled. Everything's on, it's not that everything's going perfect, but everything's leveled. And that's when I'm understanding that, you know what, that's where I need to be. Connection to the purpose, the purpose connection to God. So for me, that actually has to happen in my life for me to not feel like I'm uneven. When that connection is broken, I am uneven. I'm um, not there. I'm not coherent. I'm in a daze. My life it's fractured and a lot of people be like, well, we don't see that. And I tell people all the time, just because you don't see a person break down doesn't mean they're not broken. Sometimes we are functional depressed. And that's where I was. I, I was in a state of depressed, be, of depression rather these last this last past year because there was a lot going on personally, professionally. Just everything, you know, experiencing death in my life, my fiance experiencing death in her life, um, 
getting being being around my daughter 24 7 more and you know our in and outs you know it was just a lot going on and and then you throw in work school and on, on everybody part i mean everything was we nothing stopped fiance in school working i'm in school working my daughter's you know trying to live a life that she knows nothing about. She's in school, and it it took a toll on her. So the house was really in a depressed state, but we was functional. For me, I realized that I can function through that. But the problem was is that I wasn't connected to the purpose, which is connected to God. My spiritual life is very important to my foundation, to my happiness. I have to be connected to God. So now I am, I'm retraining myself to say, okay, my Sean, what can you do to get back to your purpose and get back to God? So unsuccessfully, I was trying fasting and I failed horribly. But I failed because I wasn't disciplined. Faith is discipline. And what I mean by that is, it's when you think about faith, faith is having belief in something that's not seen, heard, or X, Y, Z. But it also commands a level of discipline because you, you're looking at something and you have to be disciplined in the faith. No matter if it's being with your spouse, work, having faith in your fellow Man, woman, have you know it? It because it, you have to be disciplined working with these people. You have to be disciplined within your marriage. You have to be disciplined in everything. And I'm real, and I was realizing that discipline wasn't there. So now I have to look at it like, how can I get disciplined again? So I had to retrain my thought process and how I was looking at fasting. So in my attempts of failure, I found the solution. And my solution was you are picking times to fast that does not work with who you are. In other words, you're trying to fast with people who've been fasting for years. But more importantly, my son, why are you fasting? Because if you don't have a direction in your fasting, what are you fasting for? So I actually started narrowing it down. Why am I fasting? Well, I'm fasting because I want spiritual spiritual more. I want to build upon my spiritual connection with God. Okay, that sounds cute. That's a textbook version. But why? Why is fasting important to my Sean right now? Because I feel as though I need to work on my discipline within everything in my life. Okay, so what what is it that you feel like you're not disciplined in? Well, number one, I feel as though my faith gets shaken at times. Why? You, why are you losing faith, my Sean? I mean, didn't God prove who he was to you? Hasn't he blessed you? Hasn't he done the things that he said he would do for you, even though you have not kept up your end of the bargain? That's where I, my problems lie in that. And that's where I'm going to talk about. I have been living in fear because I am living with the burdens of my past. And I didn't understand or realize that until I actually was listening to someone talking about, matter of fact, it was um, Tony Evans. And uh, I've been listening to a lot of 
plans on the Bible app, which has been very helpful. And one of the things that Tony Evans talked about is the fact that we have allowed certain things to lay a foundation in our lives that has been negative. A lot of us have been carrying around the baggage. We have been put in a prison of our thoughts because we feel like we're not good enough or we feel like we're not we're not there yet or we feel like we'll never be there yet there yet. We feel like we will never achieve. We feel like we're just a burden on people. We feel like we're just a failure. That's actually has been my thought process. And I had an eye opening experience one time in a course I took for the military called MRT, Master Resilience Training, which is a wonderful course and I loved it. And one of the things they talked about was your inner Radio station. And a lot of people be like, what's that? That's your inner thoughts. What you say to yourself when nobody else is around. I was one of the few people. And I think it was me and just one other person in the class. Math, I think it was three of us in the class of over, I want to say we was probably around 40. So three out of 40 that literally raised our hands when we said that we have negative thoughts that fuel us. And, you know, when I look back at it, you know, and they asked me why. And I said that I just think about I'm always negative and I'm, I'm pushing that in me and it fuels my fire. And, you know, they was like, OK, yeah, you know, there is a percentage of people who are like that. But, you know, normally, you know, how you fuel yourself is through positivity. But there are certain people and y'all fits that category. What I was not understanding is the fact that that's not normal. It is not normal to be negative. It is not normal to already have a preconceived notion that you are a failure because that's actually something that has been planted in you. And yes, you know, it's cute to say we we hear it in sports all the time. Yeah, your negativity fuels me. Well, truthfully, it, it doesn't fuel you. It's like, can you outwork a bad diet? No, you can eat all the junk food you want. But it doesn't fuel you. What it does, it gives you substance, but it doesn't fuel you. And that was the problem. I was getting substance because it was giving me something to to be like, oh, I got to prove people wrong. But in reality, I'm gassed out because I'm actually working to prove this narrative wrong that's in my mind, that's already been planted in my mind years ago. But I'm not focused on living my life. Why is that important? Because that's how I was thinking. And I realized that there's a section of the population, which I like to call the African-American community. We live to survive. So our thought process is to survive. So we are already dealing with negativity as far as having people from the news to the music we listen to to even how we interact with each other with negative towards each other how we interact with the the opposite sex of the same race negative and how the children are interacting with the adults is negative so you have all these negativity you know there's children walking around who were told they'll never be nothing you're just like your father you're just like your mother oh they wasn't about nothing you ain't gonna be about nothing your family ain't about nothing and you know we're trying to prove these things wrong And it shouldn't be that way. 
that's what was one of my issues. I was sitting here trying to prove things wrong that I have heard over the years. And I could sit here and I could actually go through everything that I have been told. And one of the things that I really let get to me was when someone had said to me, I didn't think you amount to nothing. I had a person tell me that we was in Walmart. And I was leaving out of Walmart and I ran into this person. I never, I'm never going to say no names. I'm not going to say who they were. And all they said, what have you been up to? And I said, you know, well, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. It was like, oh, I never thought you amount to anything. And at first, you know, I'm like, yeah, I done proved you wrong. But in reality, that actually hurt me. And then it, I took that and I carried that burden with me. But not only did I carry that burden with me, I carried the burdens of my sins with me too. The sins of failures and relationships, the sins of failures on jobs, the sins of, of just failing at being a good son or being a good father or being a good spouse. I was carrying those sins with me. So then I put myself in a box and I said, well, I don't deserve to be happy. People would look at me and be like, oh, you look happy. People look at me, oh, you, you accomplished stuff. You're, you're successful. Not understanding that I'm, I'm just boxed in from what I have allowed my sins to do. I have allowed my sins to keep me boxed in. I have not achieved true happiness or true spiritual connection with God because I have allowed all the sin to just wrap around. So I'm walking around pretty much in handcuffs 24-7. And it became a fight that I was fighting daily, but I was so-called winning the fight because I was proving people wrong. Who am I proving wrong? More importantly, why am I worried about proving people wrong? Because it goes back to how we are trained as people and more specifically as African Americans, we are we come out the womb automatically in a fight or flight scenario. And I can remember growing up that, oh, you have to be better than everybody else. Life is not fair. You know, you're going to have to work 10 times harder to get the same respect as someone who ain't got to do as much. And I carry that with me. And that's a burden that, unfortunately, it is true, but it's something that you should not carry with you. Why is this important with your spiritual life? Because these are things that actually are put in front of our goals. You're put in front of our purpose. It's like hurdles. Yeah, we may jump a hurdle, but then we add another hurdle. We jump a hurdle, we add another hurdle. And then we just find ourselves hurling, 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 jumping, jumping, jumping. And sooner or later, you tire yourself out. Because you get to a point where you're tripping over hurdles. Or you get to a point where you're looking back, trying to see what you already have accomplished. When your focus should be on your purpose and your connection with God. Why is that key? And for me, it's key because that is like the umbrella. It's going to rain. It's going to get hot. It's going to get muggy. But having that umbrella over you is very important. So you're holding on to that umbrella. And when you open it, it covers you. And I believe that that's the spiritual life. That is the connection to God. And that is your purpose. It will cover you. Yes, you're going to go through some trials and tribulations. But as long as you're connected to that, it will cover you. Not saying you won't feel the impact of stuff like the Starship Enterprise. It felt the impact of those Missiles and phasers that were shot at it, but it had its cover and it had the shield. And I believe that that's the purpose and that's the connection to God. And for me, that is important because in my life, that's how I maneuver. And when I get away from that, 
it, it breaks me down. So one of the things, you know, started doing is me, me and my beautiful fiance, Monica, we actually pray together. We pray together every day. And, you know, when we don't pray, we don't, it doesn't feel right. So building that connection with her lets, helps me to build that connection with God. You know, it starts with the head. So if I'm the head of the family, I have to be connected to God. I have to be sitting under God waiting for him to give me direction and order. But more importantly, I have to be disciplined enough to be patient. And that's where I was having problems with was the discipline of being patient. The discipline of sitting under him, the discipline of saying I will not lean on to my own understanding, because if I lean on to my own understanding, guess what happens? I start bringing those negative thoughts. More importantly, I start thinking that I'm not worthy of God's presence because that happens when we are actually feeling like we are filled with sin. We run from God, i.e. when Adam and Eve realized what they realized they fled and hid from God when in reality that's what the sin has done and when I say sin I don't mean this all you know people want to say from murderers that I sin is sin in God's eyes cheating killing telling a lie are all the same in his all under him so a sin is a sin so when I say sin I'm encompassing everything and, you know, when we sin or more importantly, when we have not let that sin go, that's the other thing. And that's what I realized in my life. It's not that I sin. It's the fact that I have not let that sin go. What I mean by that is sometimes we hold on to things unconsciously. We hold on to the wrong things. And the point I'm going to use to drive this home is. Sakar, I'm going Miss Richardson, um, the sprinter, hundred meter sprinter or two hundred meter. I'm not for sure. Um, first off, I seen her without all that colorful hair and stuff on. She actually looks way better without it. I'm not her man. I'm not even uh, in her circle, but she looks way better without all that colorful hair. I seen a picture with her just in her natural look. She actually looks way better. I, it is what it is. Um, young people, we do we do things when we're young. I, I did it, so who am I? We hold on to the bad things because, as especially as black people, we're advocating that she's been done wrong when in reality she did wrong. But we're holding on to the fact that, oh, we have to uplift her because if we don't, then they're going to tear her down when in reality, maybe she should have uplifted herself. I guarantee you, why she did what she did is because she didn't feel like she deserved it. A lot of times we self-sabotage and that was a self-sabotaging moment. I've been in those situations where I self-sabotage. Everything's going good and then I just run. Because if everything's going good, I don't feel like I deserve it. And I have done that even in my relationship with Monica I, I found myself at times where I was like, this is going too good. Something's not right. And I would start leaning towards self-sabotage when in reality, why am I self-sabotaging? If everything's going good, why am I running from that? Because I have planted in my mind that I have to go through something. Why? 
Why is it that as a black person, I feel like I have to go through something? Why do I feel like if it has no struggle in it, it has no validity? It has no purpose. It has to have struggle because that's what I was taught. I was taught that subconsciously through religion. I was taught that we have to go through suffering, which, by the way, the only people that really get taught that are the black people. Everybody else who teach their side of the religion out of the same Bible. It's always prosperity. Only the black community has started talking about the prosperity. We was always talking about, oh, you have to go through struggle. This is our struggle. If you don't go through nothing, God won't bless you. And that was never the case. God has never said that. These are things that we were taught and we were manipulated into being. And we, every generation, we just taught that. We just taught that I could never, I always remember my grandmother would be like, yo, you know, God blesses those who go through something. Well, he blesses everybody. He, you know, the rich man heart, well, that rich man could be going to heaven too. He may go to heaven before you think God be going to heaven. Hitler may be in heaven. We don't know. That's why the Bible states that you do not know. Who you think may go may not be who goes. A lot of y'all think y'all pastors are going to go. And I guarantee you, heaven going to be a lot less pastory. I have a feeling that a lot of these pastors ain't going to be in heaven. But that's just my thought process on it. But when I look at the actual breakdown of what I was taught, I realized that I was taught that the struggle has to happen for me to accept the blessing. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Matter of fact, that is why I was self-sabotaging because I had to do that. I didn't feel like I deserved to be happy because I haven't earned it because I haven't gone through nothing. That's stupid. But how many of us are walking around thinking that? How many of us have actually self-sabotaged? I know quite a few people that have. Um, and it, it's scary because... We're willing to forego true happiness because we feel as though we don't deserve it. And um, I almost lost Monica behind that. And I, I'm so thankful to God. And I tell her this and I, 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 and I tell anybody, it doesn't bother me. I don't care what people think. I know people call people simps now and things like that. I tell people like this. You call me what you want on the internet, but if we're face to face, I guarantee you, you won't call me because you will actually realize that you are in the presence of a person that has no issues with using his hands. And if it gets to the point, he has three things in his house that could go bang, bang, and he is getting more. He is not afraid to put you in any pine box that you do, you think you deserve. What I mean by that is, is that it's. We have to stop this notion of calling people out. I'm going to talk about that, how that affects our spiritual life too and how it has affected my spiritual life. But I thank God that Monica didn't leave me. I thank God that she stayed with me. I thank God that she is in my life. I truly believe she is a blessing in my life. And I don't take nothing away from that. And I have done so many dumb things and I, I just say, you know what? I thank God for her because I don't know where I would be if she wasn't in my life. And I'm not saying that I would be down and out or anything like that. I think my life would go on. I still do the things I'm doing. But the happiness and the joy in it, I don't think would be there. More importantly, the love and respect wouldn't be there. And that's the part I'm like, you know, I can't mess this up. 
I don't want to mess this up and I will not mess this up. And my goal is to make sure that I do not self-sabotage this situation. So now while I'm fasting, I am asking God to remove things out of my life. More importantly, do not have me looking back. You know why? We turn into a pillar of salt. I'm always reminded about Lot's wife turning to a pillar of salt. How many times do we look back at what we we think we are missing? I'm guilty of it. And and like I tell people, it doesn't necessarily mean it's a, another person. You just think about another life. You're like, man, man, you know, because we're, and this is what I'm going to tell you, we're taught, oh, why get, why get married? Why do this? Why do that? We're always taught, why, 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 why are you doing this? So a great quote, people will come at you. If you buy a blue car, they'll be mad at you. Why you why get a red car? If you buy a house, why are you buying a house? Why you buy a duplex? You know, everything you do, somebody is always going to be critical of it. We have to be careful of that because there's, there's one thing to say, hey, nice car. You, Yeah, I just got this. Okay, that's a nice color, a nice car. We'll keep it moving. But to say, oh, you should have got the blue one. Well, what's wrong with the one I got? Oh, you know, you, you need to be making money. Why you why you do a duplex if you I, that's not me right now. It's okay. I don't have to do that. I trust me, I, I don't have to do that. But I get what you're saying, but I don't have to do that. Oh, you're not about making money. I'm always about making money, but I like to make money that makes me money in a way that I don't have to forego a lot of of my life. So you know. Be careful how you come at people because you don't know what they do. But we get caught up in everybody else's opinions, everybody else's opinions. And that's what has happened throughout our lives, which has put us in a pine box where we feel dead, the walking dead. And that's where I was feeling. And, you know, Monica has really brought me out of that. But more importantly, she has helped me to reconnect with God, not directly, but indirectly, because I find myself wanting to introduce God more in our lives. Not saying that she never had that connection with God, but I realized that these are things that have I've been missing. I pray for a covenant over my household. I pray with her. I pray for a covenant over my daughter. I pray for a covenant over her. I pray for a covenant over my family, over my friends. I pray more now. When now that I'm fasting, I fast to remove stuff out of my life but more importantly so I don't run back and pick it up because sometimes we have a habit and I'll be the first to admit to look back God will remove something out of my life and then I just U-turn which ends up being self-sabotage and now I'm starting to realize that this is the way I got to look at my past and not just my past just look at the things that God has brought me out of and look at it like cancer when they go in and remove the cancer cells out of your body, do you go back and take it? Do you go back and get it? Do we go back and say, no, put that cancer back in me? But that's what we do with sin. And sin is cancer. Sin will kill you because sin will remove all the joy and happiness out of your life to the point that you will feel dead. You will feel hung. You will feel like you cannot move. And that's where I have to say, you know what, God, not only am I praying and fasting for you to remove 
this out in my life, but I'm making sure that I don't go backwards to pick this up. Because if I know I go backwards to pick this up, all I am doing is setting myself up for failure. And also, one thing I learned about my spiritual life is the protection of my mind. And I'm going to talk about that in the next episode of how to protect our thoughts and how it's important to protect our thoughts. And that's going to be on the next episode because I think that that's very important. But to lead into that, I'll say protection is important on all fronts. And to protect your spiritual life, you have to stay not only prayed up because prayer is half of it. Faith is half of it. But work is the whole equation. So I can't just pray. I can't just have faith. I have to actually put it to work. So now I have to take what God has said. I am giving you my child and I have to turn it into what God wants me to turn it into. That's the part that I think that I was lacking in all of this was the fact that I would do work and then drop it. I would do work and then drop it. I would go out there and take my hands to put in the work that God has ordained for me to do. But then I'll pull back, which means that I am not achieving the full purpose of what God wants me to do, which is why I have been feeling empty. So now I'm taking it back and saying, you know what? Thank you, God. Because you have allowed me to be humble. How did you allow me to be humble? Because I have experienced a six year of humbleness in my life where God has to had to do certain things to me for me to understand his greatness. More importantly, to understand his true blessings. That's why I tell people, people be like, oh, man, you got a house. I'll be like, I thank God for it. Oh, you got this truck. I thank God for it. Oh, you got a beautiful fiance. You got your daughter. Oh, man, looking like you living the dream. But you know what? None of that means nothing if I don't say God has put me in this position because I wouldn't if God did not pull me out of what I was in. If God did not remove things out of my life, if I didn't have the common decency or respect to keep certain things out of my life and I failed at certain things, too. But God has kept me on this path, even though at times I, I try to veer and for whatever reason, and God, they say God loves children and idiots. I must be the children or baby. Or more importantly, I must be the idiot because God has been autocorrecting me. But now it's time for me to not rely on him to autocorrect me, but maybe it's time for me to stay corrected. And that's why I said now I'm looking at my spiritual life more so as a covenant that I have to protect. At all costs, because my spiritual life now is not just mine. It's actually my daughter's. It's my, it's my wife. It's my life because it encompasses everything now. So my goal now is to take what God has given me and say, you know what? I'm giving you this because I need you to do my work with it. Now I have to do the work that God has ordained me to do to continue. To continue not only to receive his blessings, but to continue the covenant with him, to continue the purpose with him. More importantly, to continue to to better appreciate what he has done for me. And if that means making sure I keep certain things out of my life, then that's what it has to be. And making sure that I stay prayed up, if I stay faithed up and I stay working in that, then that's what it means. I have to do it. 
I have to do that because honestly, if I don't do that, what happens? I fail. And that's where I want to leave you at. Because the next episode, we're going to talk about guarding our mental and understanding how important our mental plays a part in our spiritual life and how it will connect to our financial life, which encompasses everything. Getting yourself out of bed is 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 something that we struggle with on a daily basis. Not everybody hops out of bed ready to face the world. I was one of them. I used to hop out of bed ready to face the world. Then sometimes I would just lay in bed. My alarm would go off every morning. It goes off at 5 a.m. Sometimes I'm up. Sometimes I'm down. But I'm realizing that when I'm down, it's because I have not let things go. More importantly, I am disgusted with who I think I am. But who I think I am is not who God sees me as. And that's where I have to start changing my perception of myself and my vision of myself, which means I have to start changing what I'm talking to myself about, what I'm listening to myself about. More importantly, who I'm allowed to speak into my life. I thank y'all for this this journey. And like I said, this is this is just something that I just wanted to speak on because I think a lot of us are dealing with issues and, you know, more more importantly, I think a lot of us don't understand why we're dealing with issues. I'm not saying I have all the answers. I, I never say that. But I think that it's good to just talk. And if we can just talk about it in a positive light, then maybe we could reach our destination together. Because we all want to be happy. We just don't understand what that means in our lives. More, more so, how does that impact our lives? Because a lot of us are, are walking zombies. And I was one of them. We could function. We could do everything. But we're depressed. We, we're not up on ourselves. And, and I'll be the first to admit. Even at work I, I made the statement. I was like I'm just not feeling like myself. And I knew that. But why wasn't I feeling myself? And then I started understanding. Because I wasn't feeling my connection with God. More importantly I wasn't fulfilling my purpose with God. I wasn't fulfilling my end of the bargain with God. And you just can't turn it on and turn it off with God. And that's what we, a lot of us do. When it's going good, we'll turn it off. But that's what God needs us to do. He'll, he'll need us to pray when things are going bad. That's when you're supposed to do it. It's when you're not supposed to do it. It's when he wants to see the faithfulness. The faithfulness comes in the good times. You know, the faithfulness of having a harvest doesn't come when it's bad and you out there trying to, it comes when it's good, when you're having a good harvest, but you know you have to go out there and continuously work to make sure that it becomes a great harvest, more importantly, to make sure that you could to, to continue the greatness of the harvest. And that's where I'm going to leave you at. And I thank y'all for this, and I pray you stay with me on this. And, you know, together I hope we could come up with a, a better understanding of why we go through the things we go through. And more importantly, maybe this will help me to figure out a lot more things in my life to not self-sabotage because at the end of the day, a lot of us do self-sabotage and it's scary because we don't realize how bad it gets until it's too late. You know, blessings and happiness bestowed upon you and your family. And I pray that you, you know, enjoy the talk and hopefully we can continue to ride together.